This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Guys, again, welcome. Welcome to church. Welcome to Church of the Harvest. Uh, we are a, a family of Christ followers, and we uh, just recognize the Lord has brought us together, and we're stronger together than we are individually, right? So we've chosen to link arms and, and fulfill, accomplish God's purposes in the earth together. We gather together throughout the week in small groups in the community, but our community groups come together and worship here corporately every Sunday. How many of you love the corporate gatherings? We come together and we worship the Lord together corporately. As at Harvest, as I always say, we're just a small expression of the body of Christ. We love God. That's our heart. And because we love God, we have his heart and we love people and, uh, and we serve the world as the hands and feet of Jesus. If you're part of the Harvest family, what is our vision? It is to... Make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. And we do that through community, discipleship, and outreach. As for a while now, uh, we've been discussing our identity and the responsibility of, uh, of Christ followers. Who's a Christ follower? It's one who has repented, turned from their old life, made Jesus Lord of their life, and chosen to follow him uh, to the end. And so this being the, since the first of the year, we began by looking at priorities. And we started by talking about making ourselves a priority. How many of you know it's important that we make taking care of ourselves a priority? If we don't take care of ourselves, we can't be effective for God in the earth. So we talked about spirit, soul, and body. It's important that we focus on that and, and the care that is needed to keep it in right order so that we can be effective for the Lord. We talked about what our priorities should be and making sure that things are in the right order. And, um, and, and that was really the point of what we talked about last week was the, was the order is really the most important thing. But a couple weeks ago, we talked about how um, you are a spirit, right? You are a spirit. And life is much more about the spiritual than it is the physical, isn't it? We, we talked about how you are not a physical being having a weekly spiritual experience, you are a spirit being that's having a temporary physical experience, right? The spiritual is, is our reality. And so as we talk about that, we've got to talk about, you know, if, if we really want to put first things first in this life, we've got to put the things of the spirit first. They've got to be at the top of our list of priorities. And so being a new year, guys, this can be the best year of your life. It absolutely can be if... You decide that this is going to be the best year of your life spiritually. If you decide that, it will be the best year that you have ever had. If you get the spiritual thing, things in order, your entire life is going to be so much better. I guarantee it. So in January, we dedicated ourselves to 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? And in that, we put the Lord first. We got our flesh in order. We chose to seek after him. We chose to seek after his power and presence. We talked about his power and presence this week. How many of you agree to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish in this life? You need his power and presence. Amen? Few of you believe it. I'm telling you. We've got to have his power and presence. And hopefully even once the 21 days of prayer and fasting passed, hopefully you've continued after his power and his presence. You've continued to seek him in prayer and in the word because, guys, it's the only way we're going to be successful, the only way we're going to make it and fulfill our purposes, the purposes that he has given us in the earth. And, and I was thinking about this. We, we don't do these things. We don't seek after him. We don't do it out of duty and obligation, right? We do it because we love him. That's the key to everything. The love that we have for him should be the motivation for our seeking after him, for our getting into the word, for our praying, for our giving. It's our love. It becomes the fuel and the motivation for everything that we do. And I'll tell you, if you do spiritual things, that's great. But if you do it without being in love with him, you're going to hate it. You're going to be frustrated it's going to be hard. It'll be a burden. Christianity will become the biggest burden of your life if you're not in love with the Lord. It'll be another job. It'll be empty. We've got to make first things first. And the first thing is our first love. 
And so Psalm 90, verse 12, we talked about this last week. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And we talked about how this is Moses speaking here. And he, he, he's saying, teach me to number my days. He's saying, I recognize that I have few days left. I recognize that my time is running short. It's coming to a close. So it's important that we get our time right. And, and what Moses is saying here is deeper than just recognizing that our time is short, but it's, it's more about saying, hey, I'm going to be very intentional with my remaining days and exactly what I do with them. We prioritize them. We organize them. Why do we do that? Because what Moses said, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And we talked about wisdom. Last year, we talked about that, about how wisdom is the ability to properly apply knowledge that we already have. And so, like I said last week, there's probably not much I'm going to say today that you don't already know. I, I may remind you of things that you already know, but the goal here is not for me to give you more knowledge. The goal is that we gain the ability to apply it. Isn't that what it all boils down to? I mean, guys, if we don't learn to apply it, you can memorize the whole Bible from cover to cover so that you can quote it. That's knowledge. It doesn't have power in it until you begin to apply it, Right? We want to narrow the gap between the things we know we need to do and the fact that we're not doing it. So, many of you have seen this example before. Many times this is used in business and, uh, and leadership um, training and such. Imagining that this jug right here, this is, this is your life. And it's full of all these Little pebbles, these little stones, right? And that's, this is what most of us, this is what our life looks like. This is where we start from day one. Before we even get our priorities in order, this is what our life looks like. It's already over half full of all kinds of things. All this little stuff. And I'll tell you, half of it is Facebook, okay? All these little things. Before we ever begin to get our priorities in order, we fill our life up with all kinds of stuff, and then things, you know, come along. I mean, we're looking at this, and it's, it's, it's social media, and, and, and it's watching sports, and it's hunting, and it's shopping, and all these things that, guys, we're probably not even going to remember. You're not going to lay on your deathbed one day and go, man, I am, I am so glad that, that on February 13th, 2022, I took that extra couple hours, and I spent it on TikTok. That's this right here. But that's what we fill our life with, right? And so then we've got these big stones. I pulled off my driveway over there. They represent the priorities of our life. It's a new year. And so you're sitting there going, okay, i got to get some things in order. So you make resolutions. Well, my goodness, obviously God needs to be number one. So, so I'm going I'm to put him, I'm, I'm put him in there because I haven't been spending the time with him that I should. So I'm going I'm, I'm to spend more time with the Lord. And, and then we come along from there. We go to the next one. Well, you know what? I, I've been working so much. I've been taking all this voluntary overtime that I don't even really need and, and, and doing all these different things. And I'm not spending time with my family. I, you know, so I'm going I'm to spend more time with my family. And, and then we come along and we grab something else. And we're like, you know what? We, we just talked last week, we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago about taking care of our mental health and our bodies. And you know what? I need to, New Year's resolution, I need to take care of my body. I need to walk, get my nutrition. I need to get a little more exercise. And so we, so we stick that in there. And then, we, then we're like, well, my job, you know, I, I've, been, I've been wanting that promotion, but I can't get it because I won't take that continuing education class I'm supposed to take. And so, so I keep putting that off. And, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and I'm going to do, guys, you see what's happening here? See what's happening? I see what's happening. Other things come along. You know what? I need, to I need to serve within the church. I need to begin serving and doing something. But what's happened, guys? You're out of room, right? And now what are you? You're frustrated. You feel like a failure because you can't accomplish your goals. You can't accomplish the resolutions and the things that you've set before you. You feel frustrated. You feel like a failure. So here's the thing. These big stones are the things that really matter, right? And the funny thing with this is that the order is what's really important here. Everybody say order is important. If we place these things into our life in a completely different order, we'll get a very different outcome. 
You start over. It's a new year. I'm getting my priorities in order. So you restructure. I'm making the Lord first in my life. Right? You know what? My family. I'm not going to neglect my family with other things that aren't important. I'm putting you know, my family. You know, the church. I'm going to begin to serve. I'm going to begin to give. I'm going to begin to do whatever. I'm going to begin to give outside myself. And so we throw that in there. And, and you know, I, I'm going to make sure that that I, I begin to, to get some exercise and, and get the nutrition, you know, that I need in my body. And, and whatever it is, whatever the things are that are important, whatever, some, whatever some, maybe ministry, Lord's later, whatever it may be, you put those things in first. Well, that's great. We look at that in the new year and we go, okay, well, that's great. But now I've lost everything that I, I, I have ever found enjoyment in. And, and, and guys, here's reality. God's not trying to take the, the, the fun, enjoyable things out of life. It's not a desire at all. He actually talks about giving us the desires of our hearts. But you see what there is. There's room here, right? You know, once you put these things first, you can add all kinds of Facebook in here and hobbies and dreams and sports and friends and outings and and whatever else. And you get the picture here. You know what's going to happen, right? All those different things. Because we put the first things first, we didn't neglect what was most important. What happens? We add all that other stuff. And you know the funny thing is? There's still room. When God leads you to something else and says, hey, why don't you start looking at this? Why don't you start helping this person doing that? Or you get a new hobby and something you enjoy that you want to invest your time into. There's still room. But everybody say the order is important. The order is important. All of us know this, but very rarely do we live by this principle. Rarely. I was thinking about, I don't know about you guys, but we periodically have to clean out our garage. Becomes a catch-all. All those Amazon packages that come in, all the boxes get thrown out into the garage. All the, everything that collects in there. My wife always wants to empty the garage first. She's like, let's take everything out to put it in the driveway. And I'm like, oh, my lands. Back the cars up. Bring the big trash cans around. It's like, oh. But guys, it's so important. You take everything out. And then you sweep out the dust and the dead spiders and all the little things you find in the corners. And then you don't just put everything back the way it was. You may or may not throw some things out, but you may decide, you know what, we don't need to throw any of this out. We just need to put everything back now. So what do you do? If you just haphazardly put things back and just throw it back in there, it's going to be exactly the same as it was before. So what do you do? You start with, I don't know, maybe the shelves and the tables and the bikes, the big things, right? And then you start putting the little stuff in there and organizing it and getting it in place. And by the time it's done, how many of you have ever been there? It's amazing because it looks like your garage just doubled in size. You're like, what in the world just happened? It's like double the size that it was before. Why? Because order is important, isn't it? Order is important. You may have put exactly the same things back in there, but you brought order and you prioritized. And now you've got all this room. You've got all this, what Pastor Bob said, capacity. Order has power. So let me give you, before I get to my three points, I'm going to give you three things real quick. And that's the first thing I want to mention here. Some of you need to write this down. The order defines your capacity. The order defines your capacity. Guys, the order of things in your life will determine how much you get accomplished every day. A lot of times we're so upset and irritated at the end of the day, I feel like I didn't get anything done. The order determines what you get accomplished at the end of the day. If things are placed in the right order, done at the right time, put in the right place. First things first. Let's look at what Jesus said. I'm, I'm just going to, I got quite a bit of scripture. I'm going to run through, follow along, follow along the Version Bible app if you want. Matthew 6, verses 31 and 33. We looked at this last year during the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, don't worry then, saying, what shall we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. And pause there for a second. He's saying all these people, these people that have no idea, no concept of who God is, this is the way they live. 
going, uh, what are we going to do today? Where are we going to go to eat after church? Oh, I don't know. What, 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 what am I going to wear? These are their priorities. These are the priorities in their life. What's, what, I wonder what's happening on Facebook. Is there a game on tonight? No concept of life or time. Just rolling with life as it comes. Rather than determining what life is going to look like. Rolling with life as it comes. Doing things our own way. For the Gentiles, eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father, look at this. He knows you need these things. Again, the Father is not trying to remove all the enjoyable things from your life. He knows that you even need them. How many of you know he wants you to enjoy this life? But, verse 33, but, everybody say but. It's a big old but. (laughs) But, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First things first. Then, everybody say then. All these things will be added to you. We just saw it, didn't we? Put first things first. Then all these things will be added for you. You'll have the room for what you want, even your desires. You won't be constantly frustrated and irritated if you simply get things in the right order. So the order defines our capacity. But the order also communicates our priorities. That's the second thing there. The order communicates our priorities. Now listen, guys. Whatever you're doing first, whatever you're spending time on first, whatever you're spending money on first, whatever it is you're talking about all the time, it's communicating things. It's communicating things to God, and it's communicating things to all the people around you. What's it communicating? It's communicating what's really important to you, regardless of what you say, right? People are noticing what comes out of you and what's really important, You can say one thing, but the order of your life determines what is really important. God sees it and others do as well. Many of us, if we were asked, well, what are the top priorities in your life? One of the first things we'd say, we'd say, my family. My family is just top priority in my life. My wife, my kids, my, you know, whatever it may be. But how many of you would say that, like most of us, you've been guilty at times at not making family priority? We've... Let it be overshadowed by, by other things, by work, or by fun stuff, by hobbies, by sports, by friends, or even by ministry. We can say it all day long, but our actions, the actions of our life, what comes out of us determines what's really important to us, regardless of what we say. Isn't that true? How many of you, how many, how many of us feel like we have strong values but we aren't living out those values or communicating them with our life. You guys know the first thing that Jesus says, and we're going to look at Revelation chapter 2, the first thing that Jesus says to the church, actually he's speaking to the end times church. The first thing that Jesus says in, in Revelation chapter 2 to the end times church, and you guys know this, verses 2 and 4, two through four, he says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. And I look at this, and I see Jesus speaking. I see him speaking to us right here today. And he's going, I see you. I see your deeds. I see that you're busy. I see that you're doing a lot. I see that your plate is full. I, say, I see you're doing some good stuff. You're, you're even, you may even be going to church. You may be helping people. You're doing, you're doing some good stuff. But he says, but I got something I got I to hold against you. He says, you haven't put me first. You're doing a lot of good stuff, but I'm not, I'm not first in your life. He's saying you've forsaken your first love. Guys, God is looking to see what we're going to put in first. And here's the funny, you may think, well, that's weird. You do it with your own kids. You stand back at a distance. They don't even know you're watching sometimes. You see them in a situation, you're going... Lord, please help them make the right decision. Lord, help, help, them, help them respond right in this. Help them to put the right things, to put first things first in their life. The Father's doing that too. He's watching. He's looking to see what we're going to stick in there. It's the first of the year. We're making all these resolutions. What is it that you're putting in that's actually first? What are the big stones that you're putting in? People notice what you communicate. People notice what you put in first. Your order com- um, communicates your priorities. And the last thing I want to mention in this is the order then influences the rest. The order influences the rest of the things that you do in your life. 
When done correctly in the right order, the order doesn't just give you give us more capacity, capacity for more. It, it doesn't just communicate our, 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 our true priorities, but, but the order has power in it. It's a supernatural principle. God, it's a God-given ability, a God-given power that impacts the rest. We talk about it a lot of times in our giving. But see, whatever it is that you put first, it becomes like, like, like the backbone, backbone, like the, the organizational structure for the rest of our life, the rest of the things that we do. It has power in it. Um, things, the, the first things don't just fit in with the rest, but the first things that we put in, they actually influence all the rest. So I, I was thinking about this. An example of this is, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I got assigned papers, right? Whether you were in high school or college, whatever, you got assigned a paper. And what's the first thing the teacher wanted you to do? She wanted you to make a outline. Now, if you were like me, <laughs> I didn't write no outline. <laughs> I was like, I can write this paper. And you, 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 write out, you write out the paper, and then you come back behind the fact, and you're like, okay, I can make a quick outline from this. And you make an outline. And your paper was terrible, right? But you got it done, and you got it turned in. The paper, the bibliography, the outline. But you did it out of order. And because of that, your paper stunk. <laughs> Guys, I've learned a lot of things over time. I generally can't write a decent message until I stop and I get the outline of what I believe God wants to communicate. You ever listen to somebody uh, teaching or preaching a message and they were just all over the place? To the point where you're going, what, what's the point they're trying to make here? It's probably because it wasn't, it wasn't well thought out and planned and outlined. Does that make sense? I, I usually have kind of like a main thought and then my points, very first, the very first thing I have. The rest comes easy, supporting scriptures and examples and stories and jugs and rocks. You know, it's like, cool, right? But whatever you put in first becomes the structure the organizational structure for the rest. And so I'm going to read to you real quick from Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, 6. It's actually talking about money here, but we're not talking about money in this, but I want you to look at it. And you guys know this. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. So that means, guys, in everything that we do, we make sure that first things are first. We put him first. We put in the big stones first. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of your crops. How many of you know he didn't say your fruits? He don't just want a fruit, guys. What comes before the word fruit? First, because order is important. He wants the first fruit. He says, if you honor me with the first fruits, then look at the power. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. He, he's, he's literally saying here, what you give first will impact all the rest. And of course, like I say, he's talking about giving of the, of the tithe, uh, which tithe means tenth, and it's important. It's a command from God, and we need to do that. But I would suggest to you that even so, the order is still important than the amount. God must be first. He must be first. He doesn't want us to just take something that we have every once in a while and hand it over to him. Hey, God, hey, this is yours. No, he's, he's looking to see what we do first. We'll talk about that further, but... But the question is, why don't we live this way? And we probably all agree that, that these principles are true, but why don't we do it? Well, the Bible goes on to address the foolishness of life. How many of you have experienced the foolishness of life at different points? We probably all have been there. We didn't fully think through things, think through our priorities, and we suffer the consequences of it. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 17, 24 says, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. The intelligent person has a plan. They're aiming for, in wise direction. They're aiming for, for wise action, but the fool just does, you know, it's like whatever. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm just going to do whatever. Living in the moment. Responding to life as it comes, no real direction, living in the, in the little stone moments instead of focusing on the things of real priority, the things that really matter. And I think we need to take a hard look at these things and, and what, you know, especially when we're, we're claiming, communicating one thing, but our life is displaying something else because 
There, were, there was a stat a number of years back that said like 98% of Americans claim they believe that there is a God. Well, many if not most, their life is not showing it, Right? It's not a priority. It's not a big rock. They would say, I believe in God, but they only want God involved in certain areas of their lives, and they want it on their terms, in their time. You know, that's a little pebble. That's not a big stone. We say that God's a big priority, a big stone in our life, but we don't live that way. So for a lot of us, our family, family is the same way. Like I've, I've talked about that a couple times, you know, that we, we allow the world to come in and to steal our time and try to snuff out our light, you know, but... You know, and we say these things, this, 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 this is, is very important, but our life, doesn't, our life doesn't show it. And you will literally feel the effects of your life being out of order, won't you? For a lot of us, our lives are out of, are out of order. And I'm not saying that your life is bad. It might be full of great things. It's simply out of order. You just need to reorganize. You need to reorder, put things in your life into the right order, or there will be painful effects that will follow. And before I get into my, I've got three points, but first I want to give you this. Some of you may need to write this down. I read this quote. I thought this was awesome. It said, the distance between the truth you know and the truth you live determines the pain you experience. And I would say, and the frustration and the irritation. The distance between the truth you know, you know what to do. You know what you need to do. You know what you're supposed to do. And the truth that you live is the frustration. It's defining all the frustration, the irritation, and the pain that you're experiencing in your life. The good news is there's a solution. The good news is there's a God solution. Now, you can just know this, and that is the first step. Knowing is half the battle. (laughs) And recognizing I've got to make a change. But how many of you know that we serve a God of love and power? And he can help you to undo your mistakes, and he can give you a fresh start. He can give you a brand new empty jug to start over again, right? He'll give you, after when you do that, he'll give you the wisdom and the ability to properly fill it in the right order. So I'm gonna give you a couple things, three things uh, right quick before we close out. But how do we narrow that gap between what we know and how we live? And so I wanna well, talk about that, about three steps and how we can know what those big stones should be in our life. Firstly, number one is you must discover your values. You must discover your values. Now, I'm talking about things that God has placed in your life that move you. I mean, you know there's a portion of your calling that's tied to this. I mean, it's, it's something that God placed uniquely within you. Some of you need to go home and you need to write these things down. You need to go, what is it that's really, really important to me? What is it that moves me in my life? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 8, it says our responsibility is never to oppose the truth, but to stand for the truth at all times. Guys, what are you standing for? We're all standing for something. What do you stand for? What's really important? God puts certain things within you. Now, obviously, we have certain things like we're all called as God's children. We're, we're called to go into the world and preach the gospel. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But you have specific things that God has placed within you on top of that. What are those things? Part of his design was to give you things within you that motivated you and drove you. Because you're supposed to use those things to make a difference. And what moves you may not necessarily move somebody else. Uh, Two questions in this. What do you love deeply? What is it that just, you love, it just moves you? When you think about it, you're like, yeah, that's a value of my life. And I I was thinking about this for me. I was thinking about for me and Shauna and what we do. I value seeing people valued and respected and loved and honored and protected and hearing the good news of the gospel of Jesus. I value seeing people restored regardless of their past, regardless of what's happened and seeing them grow. I value, and a little more practically, I value doing things with excellence. I wanna give 100%. If I can't give 100%, I don't wanna do it. I, I, I hate half doing. I, I'd rather do two things really, really well than do an okay job at a dozen different things. Does that make sense? I value bringing positivity and joy and laughter into the world. I think there's enough negativity out there. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So, so we, I, I, that's just a, a thing within me. I, I love bringing, 
Anybody's been on trips with me? I love doing new things, new experiences, things that just add value and bring joy and happiness in life. I, I value spending time with my family and, 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 and taking advantage of all the moments that we have together. All that on top of obviously the Lord, the Lord being first and, and my relationship with him. Those are big stones for me in my life. Those are things that I value. What are they to you? What is that for you? You know, so I asked the question, what do you love deeply? Let me ask you one more question before we go to the second point. What makes you righteously angry? You know it's okay to be righteously angry? Y'all know Jesus was righteously angry? We see it in scripture. What is it that makes you righteous? Now, I'm not talking about things that make you unrighteously angry. Go repent, okay? I'm not talking about somebody called you a name and you got mad. No, go repent. Righteously angry, guys. God intentionally put things in you that move you. This would be one of some of those things that happen in your life where you're like, that is not happening in my family. No, my son will not be stolen. No. I, you know, whatever it may be, not on my watch, that's not happening. I will do everything within my power to stand against that. What is it that makes you righteously angry? Maybe you've visited poverty-stricken areas or you've been on mission trips and you've seen people who are desperate for just a bite of food to eat. And it just makes you, just this righteous indignation rise up within you. Or maybe you've been to, to St. Jude and seen little kids dealing with these terrible diseases and fighting for their life. Or, or, or maybe it's injustice or human trafficking or corruption or abortion or something that just, every time you hear about it, just, mm, just it just grates against you. And makes you want to stand and, 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 and pray and, 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 and do something about it. What is it that makes you righteously angry? It's part of your calling, guys. we got to connect with these things. And then you'll begin to find the big stones in your life. Discover your values. Get in touch with your values. Secondly, number two, you have to determine what's most important in your life. Now, you may know what some of those things are I just mentioned. Things that move you but you still don't make them most important in your life. They get swept under the rug. When I talk about what's most important, I'm talking about what you're supposed to do. What are you called to do? We need to get in tune with our life mission. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people what? People perish. When you look at the word that's translated, um, that's translated vision here, um, it's, it's, the, it's a Hebrew word, and it's a Hebrew word, uh, kazon. And it means, it means a plan. It, it means a dream. It, it can also mean a revelation. But what it's talking about in the scripture is like a, a clear set of, of like marching orders for your life. Does that make sense? So where there's no vision, there's no clear set of marching orders for my life, what happens? I perish. Perish, Right? One version says, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. And many think this is a better translation because it's, it's when the person has no vision and so they just have this attitude of, well, you know, I don't know what to do. And so instead of trying to find out, they just have this whatever type attitude. And they just, again, live life as it comes. Whatever happens, happens. Doesn't really matter what I do at this point. By the way, a believer should never think this way, guys. The non-believer who believes they're a cosmic accident that makes sense. <laughs> but we know the truth. And we know that we have purpose. And so we should never get in the place of having this attitude. We need to be in tune with God's mission for our life. You remember what Moses said in, in Psalm 90, 12? He said, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. You know what he says down a couple verses later in verse 17? He says, Lord, establish the work of my hands. Yes, establish the work of my hands. He's like, he's saying, he's saying, Lord, I recognize that my days are short. Help me to get things in order. Help me to put first things first that I may, that you may establish the work of my hands and my hands will get to work doing what you've called me to do. Isn't that cool? You're going to be able to number your days and work through these things much more clearly while you're here on earth uh, if you get first things first. And so you've got to ask yourself, what is my life mission? What is it that I'm called to do? Like I said, now there's an overarching plan that all of us as believers are called to do. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're called to love. We're called to share the gospel. But 
I want to take that a little bit further. If you don't know the answer as to what is the calling on your life or what it is that you were created to do or at least trying to discover that, then you're going to look just like the first jug over there. You'll never be satisfied. You'll always be frustrated. But if you get in touch with your values, if you get in touch with your mission, something powerful will happen. If you look at Acts 20, verse 24, it's Paul speaking here. And he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only that I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. How many of you would agree that Paul had it kind of tough? That brother was whipped. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned. He was imprisoned. He was shipwrecked. All these different, everywhere he went, brother would run into trouble. But we don't ever really see him discouraged. We don't see him talking about giving up. We don't see him looking at packing it up and going home. It doesn't seem to slow him down at all. Why? Because he knew what his life was about. The mission was so much greater than the circumstances. And I'm convinced, I was thinking, that we as, as, as the staff here, as, as your pastors, um, the greatest gift we can give you is not necessarily helping you walk through every little problem in your life. Now, we, obviously, we want to be there for one another, absolutely. But the greatest gift we can give you is help you discover who you are. It's really part of what Church of the Harvest is all about. And, and the best way that we can lead you is not necessarily just answering the call every time there's a crisis, but it's to help you discover what your life is really about, looking at these things within you. Because once you understand who you are and why you're alive, all those big issues, all those crises that you encounter look much smaller compared to the mission. Does that make sense? The happiest people I know on the earth, they're not the people with no problems. There's problems in their life, but they know what their life is all about. They They see the bigger picture. They may have the same number of problems you do. They just have a different focus than you do. And look, guys, I don't I don't know if you know where you're going with your life or what your mission is, but here's what I would say: let us as your church family help you. We need to rally around each other. And I, I promise, I, I was talking to Shauna the other day. We were talking about, a, uh, talking about a person, and I was like, man, this person, they just keep getting hit by life over and over and over and can't seem to get up. But first things aren't first in their life. Their priorities aren't in order. And I, and I was like, I wish sometimes I could just shake them and say, look, just do exactly what I tell you for the next six months, the next 12 months, and I promise everything will turn around. But they don't want it bad enough yet. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking, as a church here, things that we could do. Here, guys, I don't, your life may be a wreck. It may be a mess. But I could give you a few things real quick that I promise would turn your life around. I promise you, I, I just wrote down four things. I promise you, if you just did these four things, I promise you, you could come out of the mess. And you could turn your whole life around and see success. Firstly, Make gathering with the body of Christ a priority. Back in the day, and I'm not just talking like 25 years ago, every time the doors were open, the family was gathering up and coming to church. Guys, we're not here that much like they used to be. Firstly, you want to turn your life around? Make gathering together for church a priority. Be here every time. Every time the doors are open, get here. For one year, I challenge you. One year, do it. Secondly, I've said it for years, get involved in a community group. You need a community of believers to rally around you. And I'm talking about get plugged in. Don't miss it. Be there every week. Get involved. Thirdly, begin to serve. Be involved in something. Be a part of something that's bigger than your nine to five weekday grind and your, you know, your Saturday honeydew list. Get involved and be a part of something bigger. Make a difference. Guys, I remember my parents required my brother and I to serve at least once a month somewhere in church the moment we were old enough. I think that's a great thing to do. And lastly, number four, get in the word and pray every day. If it's just 10, 15 minutes, we'll help you find something doable to start with. I promise you, if you did those four things, some of you, your entire life would turn around. 
everything would change. Very quickly. Do over 12 months. I promise you, your life will never be the same again. Do them faithfully. Make them big stones in your life. And I, I, guys, I promise you, if after 12 months your life isn't different, I'll personally help you find another church. I might even go with you. <laughs> I promise you, you'll never be the same. Promise you. But here's the deal, guys. God sees you, and he sees your life, and he sees what all you're doing. He sees your mission. I think many times he's standing there going, why are they doing all this stuff over here? Everything I designed them for is right in front of them. What I created them for, it's all right here. Why are they focused on all this over here? It's all, I, he gave us the best, guys. He gave us the best. We need to give him the best. We got to be careful how we look at our life. Ephesians 5:15. Be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, we've got to be wise concerning how we live and what we do with our time, making the most of every opportunity. And as your leaders, that's part of what we're trying to do here through our church gathering is give you opportunities to stretch and to grow and to mature because the days are short and, the, and, and there is evil in this world that will try to steal your time and try to snuff out your light. You may be sitting there and you're going, well, I still don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, don't be foolish. Number one, seek after it. Seek to understand what God's will for your life is. It's what it says there. God has a plan for your life. Say, well, but I just don't know what it is. I promise you, just start with those four things I just mentioned. I promise you in 12 years, your life will be in, I mean, in one, one year, your life will be in, in much clearer focus than it was before. True? Do those four things. In 12 months, your life will be in much clearer focus than it was before. Uh, let me read that same scripture to you from the Phillips translation. Listen to this and, and how it applies to your life. Live life with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time, despite all the difficulties of these days. Don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Well, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, we're committed to helping you find out. We're with you, and it'll change your life. Discover your values. Determine your life mission, and decide once and for all. Number three, last thing as I close, decide who's most important. This is what it all boils down to, guys. Who's most important in your life? This is all, guys, life is all about relationship. Look at Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Guys, I believe there are millions of Christians that walk through the doors of churches every Sunday and God is nowhere near the top of their list. He's one of those rocks hanging out the top. God, I did my Sunday deal. I'll see you next week right? You will never reach your full potential. You will never be satisfied. You will never find joy and happiness and contentment when you live your life and your relationship with the Lord in that way. Your life will look like that very first jar that was overflowing. So the first, that's the first and great commandment in verse 39. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Guys, that's why we, I say this every week. We love God and we love people. We serve the world's hands and feet of Jesus. Why? Because that's what the entire Bible is about. That's the point in all this. To love God and to love people. If you will truly settle in your life that God and others come first, everything will change for you. Everything will change. I promise you will live a life of success. Your priorities will be in order and there will be more room for the things that you enjoy in this life. It'll be the very best year of your life. 
if you get the first things first, if you get them in the right order. Everybody say, order is important. We got to get our priorities in order. Let's stand up. Let me invite the worship team to, to come up before we close out. Let me get you guys to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. Now, y'all, y'all stick with me for, for just a moment. I won't keep you long. I believe he's, I believe he's wanting to, to do something right now in our, in our hearts. Um, the first question is, do you have a relationship with him? He can't be first until you said yes to him. What does that mean? It means that you repent and you surrender to his lordship. You say, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you all the days of my life. And you put aside all those things, all the excuses and things that have gotten between you and him. And you truly make him the priority. The Bible says that we repent, that we confess, we believe that he died in our place and he was raised from the dead and we, can, and we confess him as Lord of our life. That may be you. You would say, I, I, need, to, I, need, to get things, I need to get things right today. You may, have, you may have never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life before, or you might have, but he's just never been one of those big stones. He's always been a little one in the job. In the job. If that's you, I would encourage you, I'm gonna pray. And it's, again, as I always say, it's, it's not about the prayer so much as it is the position of your heart. God loves you. He wants your devotion. He wants to be first. If you're ready, I encourage you to say yes to him today. I'm going to pray this prayer. You can pray long. Just mean it with all your heart. Choose that you're turning away from your old life and that you're putting him first not just today, but tomorrow and the next day and next month and next year, all the way to the end. That's the best decision you'll ever make. Knowing you got the creator of the universe, you have the privilege of calling Father, walking with you through this life, through the ups, through the downs. And you can also be confident when you take your last breath on this earth, you're gonna see his face shining and smiling. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I recognize without him I am lost and alone. I am utterly bankrupt, owing a debt I could never repay. I've tried to live my life on my own. I recognize that I'm an utter failure. I'm sorry for not putting you first. Sorry for trying to do things my way. Today I choose to make a change. I ask you to forgive me of living my life in a way that didn't please you or honor you as first. Jesus, come into my life. Be my savior. Be my king. Pilot my life from this day forward. I believe that you are who you say you are. You are the son of the most high God. You gave your life in my place. You did it willingly. You did it out of love for me. But you didn't stay in that grave. I believe that you rose from the dead. And today I rise with you as I say, yes, Lord. And I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me that I might be everything you called me to be. I'll follow you until the end. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here in person or even online and you prayed that prayer, we're going to have our prayer partners down here in a minute. We're going to ask you to come down and let somebody know that you prayed that prayer. Because, uh, guys, it's not something to keep to yourself. But we've got people here that love you and would love to talk to you and pray with you and give you a little bit of direction. Guys, if you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. You want to be water baptized? We will set it up. We'll get it done. Because we want you living your best life. Our goal, our vision is to make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus that you may accomplish your God-given purpose in your life. And that's the only way you're ever going to be satisfied and content in this time on earth. We're going to do that, but... Guys, bow your heads for another moment. 
Just press in for just a minute with me. I believe there's people sitting here right now. There's people that are watching online right now. And, and you're going, well, look, I've got God in my life, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. But my question for you is, is he first? Is he a rock that's hanging out at the top of the jug? Or is he at the bottom, the foundation of it all? Guys, only you know. But you're communicating what's first in your life by how you're living, by what you put first, by what's coming out of your mouth, by how you live. You may need, may need to reprioritize, to get some things in order. Whatever you need to do to put him first. And I believe right now the Holy Spirit, Spirit is gently reminding some of you. He, he's been doing it for a while. He's been nudging you and going, hey, I'm not first. Let's get things back in order. You know. You know if that's you. Is there a gap in your life between the truth that you know and the truth that you live? You need to close the gap. You need to live it out. You need to make a decision to put God first. Everybody just close your eyes for just a moment. I just encourage you, just, just if you feel so comfortable, just lift your hands for just a moment. You would say, I need to make some decisions I need to make some decisions right now for the Lord. And I just encourage you individually to begin to talk to him. And just say, Lord, I know, I know that I have to put you first. I've let the, all those little stones, all those little pebbles, the things of no value overshadow you in my everyday life. And just repent right now. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you the areas. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Just tell him, say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it in order. I'm getting things right. You're going to be at the top from this point onward in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive me for going my own way. Everybody just say together, say, Lord, I give you my life. There's such power in that if you really mean it. Say, I give you my life. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.